Good morning, Forrest. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm Christy, and I'm going to be leading us in our daily breath today. Okay, let's open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly um, Father, Lord, I just thank you for this day that we as a church can come together and just reflect on your word um, and just and just examine um, Christ's life and his ministry and what you're trying to show us and reveal to us about your nature. Um, God, I just thank you so much um, for each person that um, you know took the time out of their day to get up early and um, just, just wanting to know you more. Um, Lord, I pray that you reveal, you reveal yourself to each and every one of us. I thank you and I praise you and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So I am going to share my screen. Okay. All right. Can you guys see? All right. Well, please speak up if you cannot, because I cannot see your faces anymore. All right. So today we're reading Mark 1, verse 40 through the end of the chapter, and then Mark 2, um, 1 through 12. So I'm going to actually split it up into um, two parts because of um, their two different healings. So the first part is where Jesus heals a man with leprosy. And I'm reading from the NLT translation, just so that you guys are aware. Okay. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but um, people from everywhere kept coming to him. So before I dive in to talk about the specific verses, um, I wanted to read to you guys something um, just to really depict what leprosy is like. So going back. Um, leprosy was one of the horrific diseases of the ancient world. Today, leprosy afflicts 15 million people across the world, mostly in third world countries. Leprosy begins as small red spots on the skin. Before too long, the spots get bigger and start to turn white with a shiny or scaly appearance. The spots soon spread over the body and hair begins to fall out, first from the head, then even from the eyebrows. As things get worse, fingernails and toenails become loose. They start to rot and eventually fall off. Then the joints of fingers and toes begin to rot and fall off, piece by piece. Gums begin to shrink, and they cannot hold the teeth anymore, so each tooth is lost. Leprosy keeps eating away at the face until the nose, the palate, and even the eyes rot, and the leper wastes away until he or she dies. Okay, so... Um, as we take a closer look at the verses, um, I highlighted what stood out to me. So the leper, he came as he was. He knelt and was humbled because he understood his depravity and knew that Jesus was his only hope. 
Uh, I love the way the leper speaks with Jesus, and I think we can each learn a thing or two on how to communicate with God by examining his words, even though it's just a few. He says to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper has such confidence that God is able. It's just a matter of whether or not his request aligns with God's will. I think many of us come to God asking for healing or X, Y, and Z without seeking God's will first. I think um, first and foremost, though, it should be God's will be done. And secondly, if my, my, if my prayer request aligns with God's will, then we go asking in confidence, knowing that God is able. Um, in verse 40, most other Bible translations like the NIV, the ESV, it just says, make me clean. Um, I like the NLT translation because it makes it clear that physical healing and cleansing of sins are two different things. The leper understands that Jesus can heal him and make him clean. The leper needed more than just physical healing. He needed to be made clean of his sins. Um, so, you know, whatever we might think we need from God, um, what we most need from Jesus is to return of our sins. And then in verse 41, it says, um, Jesus was moved with compassion, which sounds reasonable since we as humans can oftentimes be moved with compassion when we meet sick people. Um, but lepers typically did not arouse compassion. Um, their whole appearance was too repulsive and they usually made people feel disgust instead of compassion. And if you look at the Gospel of Luke, we see that the leper was full of leprosy. Um, so he was not in the early stages, but the disease had taken a toll all over his body. I think Jesus's choice on how to heal him further demonstrate his compassion, love, and empathy towards the leper. Um, Jesus could have just spoken the words and the man could have been healed, but he chose to touch him. This is huge because the man had been shunned from society. And since we know that he had an advanced stage of leprosy, he probably hadn't felt the loving touch of another human being for years. And then um, once Jesus you know, heals the man, he gives very clear directions on what the leper needs to do next. So Jesus sent him with stern warning and he said, don't tell anyone about this, but go to the priest and let him examine you. And so if we look at why Jesus did this, one, you know, Jesus did this to first honor the law of God, but also as a testimony to the priests that an incurable disease had been cured so they might know that the Messiah was among them. And what does the leper do? He completely disobeys. And so we can see in, in verse 45, he goes and he proclaims to everyone. And, and I get it. He is excited. He cannot contain his joy after witnessing this miracle. And even though the leper meant well, righteous disobedience can hinder the Lord's ministry. And righteous disobedience can be defined as doing something for God that God does not want us to do. The leper was excited about what Jesus had done for him. It was a miracle. It was life-changing. It was transformative. However, 
for the leper, Jesus specifically told him to go tell the priest. The leper disobeys Jesus and told everyone he could find. This did not help the ministry of Jesus. It actually hurt it. The leper was enthusiastic for God, but it was misdirected. It is possible to say the right words at the wrong time and still do great damage. Um, this part of the passage convicts me the most. And uh, I think that we you know, all can ask God for spiritual discernment when it comes to what we say and what we do for the Lord. You know, Jesus even today sends us to witness to specific groups and individuals. So let's be intentional about our VIPs and go where Jesus sends us. Now, some of you may be thinking, you know, what does it hurt? He, the leper, he just told more people about Jesus. Is that not what we're called to do? But when we reflect back on the passage that Han spoke about yesterday, performing miracles was not Jesus's primary mission. His primary mission was to share the gospel. And because of what the leper said, people just wanted more miracles, more physical healing, rather than a relationship and knowing Jesus. Um, one last thing I'd like to mention here in uh, verse 45 is that Jesus exchanges places with the leper and with us. So if you look more carefully, um, so I'll read it again. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. And so what I mean by Jesus, Jesus exchanges places with us is, you know, those with leprosy had to live outside of the towns, but Jesus could move freely within the town. But after Jesus healed the man, the man could freely live inside the town. But we see here that Jesus couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere anymore. He had to stay out in the secluded places. And so some scholars, you know, see this as a hint of what's to come from Jesus. You know, Jesus exchanges places for the lepers of the world. Jesus exchanges places for the sinners. And instead of us going to the cross, Jesus goes to the cross. Instead of us dying for our sins, Jesus dies for our sins so that we might be clean. All right. And then the second part is where Jesus heals a paralyzed man. Okay. So when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their face, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk. So I will prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. 
Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, explaining, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Um, so for me, looking more closely at this passage, um, in verse five, one, I, I just love where he says, you know, seeing their faith. Uh, I think that's just so beautiful that, you know, that we can have faith that's invisible um, to, to those around us, right? But more importantly, um, Jesus then goes and says, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now, the four friends who brought, you know, this paralyzed man here um, are probably thinking in their mind, Jesus, you may not be able to tell because he's on a mat, but our friend is paralyzed. Um, we brought him to you so that you can heal him, not so that you can forgive him. Yet, Jesus knew the man's greatest need was to be forgiven of his sins. Um, so, you know, what good is it if this man had two functioning legs and he could walk and he could walk right into hell? But Jesus addresses the root of all pain and suffering, which was this man's, you know, sinful condition. And so it's interesting because Jesus forgives him of his sins, but then he goes on to also then heal him. And I think Jesus first chose to forgive him of his sins um, for a number of reasons. One, to show that being clean, cleansed of our sins is more important than anything else that we think we might need. Um, secondly, it's to give the friends time to wonder on this um, and, and understand, you know, which is greater, right? And then it's to exhibit his powers to the doubting religious teachers. Because think about it, if Jesus had flipped this and Jesus had physically healed the man first, the teachers wouldn't have had the dialogue questioning Jesus and then calling him a blasphemer. Um, but by forgiving the paralyzed man of his sins first, he now can demonstrate his authority to forgive sins and his powers to heal diseases. And so, you know, some people say that it's quote unquote harder to heal the man than to forgive his sins because with forgiveness, it, it cannot be seen. You know, no one could verify at that moment that the man was actually for, forgiven by God. Yet it could be instantly verified whether or not the man could walk. And so Jesus, he's not afraid. Um, he's basically putting his entire reputation on the line and is testing himself. Because, you know, if, if the man could not get up and walk, I mean, he could lose all of his followers. And, you know, um, but Jesus is confident because he knows he will not fail. So, you know, there is wonderful healing in the word of Jesus and the promises of Jesus um, for those of us who come in faith. Um, this man came to Jesus in faith, even if it was the bar of faith of his friends, um, which is funny because... Again, the man was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. He, he didn't have a choice to get up and walk away, even if he didn't want to come. But it was because of the faith of his friends that, um, you know, that he was healed. So that is my message for today. Um, I will go ahead and move over to our praise time. <laughs> Christy, can you pray for us? Okay, I will pray. One more time. Okay, let us pray. Um, 
Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you teach us that, God, you you can conquer all things and you can give us all things, but you know um, what we need most, uh, God, and that you come down and you you empathize with each one of us who are hurting, um, God, and you just meet us where we are and that we can come to you as we are. Um, Lord, I pray that during this Lenten season that we each want you more than anything else that you can provide us, whether that is um, physical healing, whether that is monetary, um, you know, um, monetary needs, um, whether those are relationships that we want, God, uh, I pray that we want you, Jesus, above all things. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.